This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. When I'm with you, feel the pressure. 
You are tuned into the Fada Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz via the accessmedia.nz app, tune in app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. Flat out. You've got Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. You're tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glitfab Rainbow Farno. We do news, views, and interviews for and about our flat out pride community. Fridays at five on your free FM dial. Big flat out shout out to, of course, New Zealand on air. Without you, access radio stations like Free FM wouldn't be here. A big flat out shout out to Free FM. Without you, flat out pride wouldn't be here. And last but not least, a big flat out shout out to you, you fabulous you you, for tuning in every Friday to hear what's hot and happening on the show. I've got an interesting lineup for y'all. We've, of course, got weekend events to, to let y'all know what's hot and happening in Aotearoa for your coming weekend. LGBTQ healthcare training. I love the phrase or the corridor that, that goes along with this. To treat me, you have to know who I am. Stunning. Now, while this is from New York City Health and Hospitals, it is still very relevant for our whānau, irrespective of what country they live in. And um, I look forward to bringing that to you so you can share uh, and hear some of our whānau uh, stories in their journey. Black History Month, New York City, still in that state for our Black Pride. And we are going over to a fabulous, fabulous person, Jerry Jones. But... We'll get to that in a bit. And first up, we've got the canvas, Gluck, the origin of queer art. So me personally, I've always been curious in terms of um, the arts, so in any medium that it comes about, but this really talks about the actual origin. Super interesting. Hope you find it interesting. And of course, we've got Beats Pepper through there, because that's how we do. So that is our lineup, Fano. Come and join wherever you are in Aotearoa, either on the road home or kicking back with a cold one or, or a glass of wine or with the tamariki, a harane. No maharamai, no mai hoki mai. So let's get into it. The canvas, Gluck, the origin of queer art. After that, we'll go into a beat, one okay rock, stand out, fit in. Stay tuned. In 1910, Emma Goldman, a determined anarchist, started advocating for homosexual rights for men, women, and non-binary people. She wrote, It is a tragedy, I feel, that people of a different sexual type are caught in a world which shows so little understanding for homosexuals and is so crassly indifferent to the various gradations and variations of gender and their great significance in life. That was a remarkably contentious opinion a century ago and we could even say that it still is today. Goldman was accustomed to being this controversial. She was an atheist and a feminist. She fought her whole life against the state and capitalism, and she gave lectures about all these things all across North America and Europe. She was even called the most dangerous woman in America 
by no other than the FBI's director, J. Edgar Hoover. Her trailblazing ideas were even supported by sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld, who wrote, She was the first and only woman, indeed the first and only American, to take up the defense of homosexual love before the general public. Hirschfeld was also a staunch defender of homosexual rights and, in 1914, he'd publish The Homosexuality of Men and Women. Seven years later, in 1921, the British Parliament tries to criminalize lesbianism. Surprisingly, they failed, and it wasn't because it would be harmful to criminalize lesbians. After all, homosexuality between men was already illegal. Oscar Wilde, who spent two years in prison for being gay, was a famous victim of that law. The reason why lesbianism wasn't outlawed was because the policymakers were afraid that making such a law would publicize homosexuality and entice women to try it out. It's with this same mindset that, in 1928, the editor of the Sunday Express, James Douglas, led a campaign against Radcliffe Hall's novel The Well of Loneliness. The book was about a sexually inverted woman, sexual inversion being the term for homosexuality at the time. The book wasn't explicit aside from this very harmless passage. She kissed her full on the lips as a lover. This passage was deemed obscene. In the article, A Book That Should Be Suppressed, Douglas wrote, I would rather give a healthy boy or a healthy girl a file of Prusic acid than this novel. Poison kills the body, but moral poison kills the soul. The book was censored in the UK until 1959. The reason why I'm giving you these facts about the politics of lesbianism in the 20th century is because, to understand the artwork we'll be looking at in this video, we really have to fathom how socially and morally condemned homosexuality was at the time. Another passage in The Well of Loneliness goes as follows. And that night, they were not divided. The theme of two women in love, fused together, refusing to be separated in a world unbelievably hostile to their union, was also depicted in a painting made in 1936, Medallion, or, as its author called it, The You We Picture. Before jumping into this painting, I'd just like to specify that, from now on, for the sake of simplicity, I will use the term queer as an umbrella term for non-heterosexual. Every source I've encountered labeled the artist as a woman, which would make her relationships with other women lesbian, but the painter often refused the label of woman during their life. For that reason, I will use the gender-neutral pronouns they-them to refer to the artist. So, as I said, the artist refused to be labeled a woman. When they'd send prints of their paintings to advertise, they'd write in the back of them, Please return in good conditions to Gluck. No prefix, suffix, or quotes. Gluck, born Hannah Gluckstein, was born in London in 1895 in an extremely wealthy family. This financial comfort allowed them to pursue a career as a painter while being independent from men, which, at that time, was an immense privilege. They would later adopt the gender-neutral name Gluck, which officially became their artist's signature, but they also had different names to different people. For example, to Romaine Brooks, their name would be Peter. Brooks was, just like Gluck, 
a queer artist who'd wear male clothes and, between 1923 and 1924, they'd paint a portrait of Gluck, Peter, a young English girl. But other than Gluck and Peter, they'd also go by the name Tim by Nesta Obermer. Near the end of their life, Gluck stated that they had only truly fallen in love once, with their beloved Nesta. Daughter of a diplomat, Nesta had married the wealthy American businessman Seymour Obermer and lived an incredibly extravagant life, consisting of mostly partying and traveling, hobbies which were enabled due to her husband's great wealth. When the two lovers met, both were already in relationships. Nesta was married to her husband Seymour, while Gluck was in a relationship with the florist Constance Spry, who would greatly inspire the artist. Spry would quickly get out of the picture, though, as Nesta would occupy Gluck's mind. There is no way to better demonstrate Gluck's love than by reading an excerpt of one of their love letters. My own darling wife, I have just driven back in a sudden, almost tropical downpour in keeping with my feelings at leaving you, my divine sweetheart, my love, my life. I felt so much I could hardly be said to feel at all, almost numb and yet every nerve ready to jump into sudden life. I made a straight for the studio and tried to be busy and have more or less succeeded, except that everything seems so utterly unimportant that isn't us or connected with us. Gluck called Nesta their wife. To them, they were unofficially married and Gluck, was the husband. Darling heart, we are not an affair, are we? We are husband and wife. This finally brings us to Gluck's 1936 painting Medallion, or the You We picture. It's the profile of both Nesta in the back and Gluck in the foreground. Nesta is looking up, almost heroically. Her eyes catches light, light which gently falls on her face as if the heavens were summoning her. Gluck, on the other hand, is looking straight ahead. The artist represents themselves encompassed by their lover. They are completely absorbed. Gluck doesn't share the same light features as Nesta, and the pose isn't as picturesque, but it definitely shows strength. This picture was made after the couple went to see a Mozart concert on the 23rd of June 1936. They were sitting in the third row and, struck by the intensity of the music, they felt like it had fused the lovers together. The couple was one. The painting's oneness was so apparent that, for a large part of its lifetime, the U.W.E. picture was believed by many to be the representation of Gluck and an alter ego. Aside from Gluck's entourage, people didn't assume that this depicted lovers. In fact, as I stated earlier, queer relationships were invisible and rarely spoken of. The rare times they did get some attention through, for example, a book, they'd get silenced. The love emanating from this picture was only accessible to the public much later in this painting's existence. Unfortunately, the love story didn't end very well. Gluck was never able to win Nesta's heart entirely. 
Nesta wouldn't leave her husband and the extravagant life she was living with him. This, therefore, made it impossible for the couple to live their lives together. In 1944, the couple would break up. Just two years prior to the separation, in 1942, Gluck painted this self-portrait. In it, many see the artist's pain, anger, and perhaps a glimpse of sadness as they're anticipating the loss of their one true love. The Yui picture is poignant. It's the illustration of an impossible love. On top of that, it depicts a queer relationship. But this isn't the first time such relationship had been represented, especially not during Gluck's time. We can go all the way back to around 500 BCE to see this kind of relationship on a Greek ceramic vase made by Apollodoros. Many Japanese woodblock prints would show lesbian relationships, depicting them very explicitly, sometimes even showing them using sex toys. In modern Europe, many artists chose lesbianism as a theme. For example, the abrasive Gustave Courbet would paint two nude women embracing in Le Sommeil, made in 1866 for a wealthy Turkish patron. The painting would be forbidden from being publicly exhibited until 1988, over a century after its making. Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec in 1893 painted a series of artworks showing lesbian women in love. Franz von Bayros, an Austrian painter part of the decadent movement, published a very provocative series titled Tales at the Dressing Table in 1911. In it, you see images of lesbian sexual intercourse, but also bestiality. And finally, of course, there is Egon Schiele, who also portrayed the sensuality of two women embracing. This brief overview of the depiction of queer relationships in art history is very telling. Lesbianism, or queer relationships in general, have more often than not been extremely sexualized throughout art history. This eroticization of lesbians is still, to this day, very widespread and problematic. Gluck's representation of a non-heterosexual relationship differs from the ones made in the past and this is really how this painting, to me, stands out. Gluck presented queer love as love, not as sexual perversion or depravity, but for what it truly was to them genuine and passionate love. Thank you for watching.
Hoki mai kahukura rainbow whānau. You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Livestream or podcast us from freefm.org.nz or tune in now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. Also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday, no maharamai. You're tuned into the station and show that celebrates us, the Glitz Fab Rainbow Fano. That's gay, lesbian, intersex, transgender, taktapui, queer, fafafine, akaivine, bi, and all the fabulousness in between. Because sometimes fluidity is where it's at. Boom. That last beat there, one OK rock, stand out, fit in. Interesting about. Uh, the, the origin of queer uh, te whanau amazing like the stories the history the kōrero now it makes me want to go and see some of um, Gluck's pieces I hope it inspires you 
to check out who your um, potential artists in terms of painting, no matter the medium. To me, it's all interesting and it's all relevant to us. That's part of our fabulousness and our stories. Going into now another story, Black History Month, New York City for Black Pride. This is under the spotlight, my whanau, Jari Jones, born in 1991, a trans-American trans femme activist, performance artist and creative. So Jones was a cast member, a script consultant, acting coach and producer of Port Authority. So this lovely, the first black trans woman producer of film, Another Realm of the Arts, competing at the Cannes Film Festival back in 2020. Um, Jones was one of the nine faces in Calvin Klein's 2020 Pride campaign. So aside from acting, uh, Jones advocates for transgender rights as part of the Black Lives Matter movement. They are a promoter of self-love, blackness and femininity. Uh, they've been featured in New York uh, New York Fashion Week, becoming the first black transgender woman to display no sasso on runway. They have also modelled for other brands, including Dove and their Goodbye Judgment, Hello Underarms campaign, and Elizabeth Susan's P- Clothing is Political campaign. Uh, participated in the Real Catwalk 2019. Um, they're featured on Calvin Klein's YouTube channel to express her support of LGBTQ plus youth. She is a self-proclaimed mum to a whole bunch of queer youth. Stunning, eh, whanau? Uh, she has written for Nylon, the New York Times, Allure, Out Magazine, and their focus has been on representation of queer, transgender, and people of colour in the media. She was actually featured in Netflix Tales of the City series as well, and the first black trans producer to have a film in the Keynes Film Festival. And the name of the film was Port Authority. Also included the first trans woman of colour, Lena Bloom, in a lead role. Wow. So their history goes way back. So in film, 2019, our 2021, On Our Way. And they played the role Nina, so that's just, what, last couple of years ago? And television, uh, featured on um, Pose, uh, the role was uh, Butt Smack Woman in the episode The Fever, 2019, City of, or Tales of the City, and their role was Rhonda. 2019, um, featured in Transparent as Skylar. Yeah, it's a musical finale. Stunning, eh, Farno? Just stunning, stunning, and stunning. Jerry Jones. That is our Under the Spotlight. She was born May 18th in Newark, which is New Jersey. Started from an early age by her grandfather, pioneer fashion model, Billy Jones, where she soared as a child actress and model. So it wasn't until childhood and self-discovery that Jari skyrocketed through the fashion and film industry, as you've just heard, giving her the accolades of Calvin Klein's first plus trans model 
to not only be featured in the campaign, but to be mounted on their famous Soho billboard. Stunning. She also won the eyes of the Keynes Film Festival um, and the first trans producer ever to have a competing film. From there, Jerry had been featured in many publications. A paper magazine was one, Teen Vogue, Allure, Nylon, and of course, you know, the New York Times. I've been recognised as a change maker in fashion and beauty. She also uh, worked with brands such as UGG, Christian Calvin, you know, Calvin Klein, Pink, and her newest collaboration, Adidas, changing the ideas of beauty standard demanding sustainable size inclusion, gender and race diversity, and overall just empowerment for our queer whanau of colour within fashion. So Jari continues to be a part of initiatives that expand, seek and create authentic representations within our media of marginalised peeps and has partnered with folks at American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, GLAD, the NFL, Procter and Gamble and many, many more, making sure that those initiatives are given the platforms they deserve. Stunning, stunning and stunning. So Jerry Jones is represented by Avalon manager Aaron Brown. Far note, Jerry Jones. Or Jerry Jones. I don't have my Jerry if I've said it incorrectly. You are stunning. And we acknowledge you. We stand with you. That is all the time that I have for you, Fano, on Under the Spotlight, Black History Month, New York City for Black Pride. It is going to beat now Brown Sugar. Black Pride is the name of the song. Stay tuned. We'll be back with you soon.
You're tuned back into the Fat Up Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz via the TuneIn app, Access Media, Free FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Flat out. I think I repeated those, but hey, doesn't matter. Lydia H, on your mic for your Funky Friday. We love having you on board, whānau. Wherever you are in Aotearoa or across the Ao, the world, no my haramai, no my hoki mai. You are fabulous. You're tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glid Fab Rainbow whānau. Flat out. Te wea ngā reo o te hāpuri, so bringing together the voices of our community. Yes, yes, that is Free FM's tagline and Flat Out Pride absolutely supports that kaupapa kōrero. Last beat there is by Brown Sugar and the song name is Black Pride in acknowledgement of Jerry Jones, our under the spotlight fabulousness. Coming up on your show we've got what's hot and happening for your coming weekend um, and next is an LGBTQ healthcare training event video a sharing so again sharing our stories and our voices and the name of this training video is called to treat me you have to know who i am it's a series of short stories from our community members talking about their experience in healthcare. and so while this comes from new york city it is still very relevant to our whanau from across the aisle the world and we are about um, hearing our voices. Tuia, Ngareo, Te Hapuri, bringing together the voices of our community. And this is just one format, or one way, and one set of stories that I wanted to bring to you this afternoon, evening. Huyano, I'll leave you with that, and I'll bring up some facts about that after we've finished. We'll go into a bit. At the end, Joda, we find ourselves. Stay tuned, Fano. This is the goodness. To treat me, you have to know who I am. I identify as the Latina lesbian mother. To treat me, you have to know who I am. I identify as a transgender man. To treat me, you have to know who I am. I identify as a gay man. I was diagnosed with anal cancer. And when I'm dealing with something medical, it's extremely important that they know who I am. Every doctor I've been to, and there were seven, all of the nurses, all of the assistants, everyone treated me with respect. It is as important to know somebody's sexual orientation, and even more than that, what their sexual scenario is as it is to know if they're getting a good night's sleep or if they have a good appetite or if their bowel movements are normal. It's all part of basic bodily functions that are required for a maximum quality of life. It's important to have an open and honest relationship with your patient and so if you do not know what their sexual orientation is or how they identify that patient is not going to feel safe telling you everything that 
they need to tell you for their uh, proper medical care. Uh, knowing a patient's gender identity and sexual orientation uh, helps a practitioner uh, to care appropriately for that patient. Uh, we see a lot of patients come in who may not be comfortable disclosing that information and routine testing or screening may be missed for that patient. I was about 15 years old. I remember going into the doctor's office and my doctor was very warm and very welcoming. She was asking me all the questions that she's supposed to ask to an adolescent and um, I remember telling her uh, when she asked about uh, my sexual activity if um, you know if I use condoms or anything like that and I said no uh, I'm, I'm gay and I just remember her face changed very much and her, her warm tone of voice turned very harsh and it seemed as though she was rushing me out as quickly as possible. As a lesbian, um, unfortunately, when I've been involved with the healthcare system, it usually hasn't been very welcoming. It's usually assumed that I'm heterosexual and so the questions go along that line, asking me about the need for birth control, and then I fill out forms that ask me if I'm married, single, divorced, or widowed. And none of those boxes apply to me. I think it's very important to know that what people write on forms does not represent necessarily their reality and it does not take the place of a provider opening the door to ask questions. And you need to ask those questions in an open and thoughtful and caring way. Many times um, the patient or client want to talk about their sexual health but fear that they would be discriminated against or stigmatized. There are a lot of ways that a provider could ask me questions that would make it more likely for me to disclose the fact that I'm gay than not. So I'd rather them ask me if I am in a significant relationship, if I have a partner. And then I'd like them when they talk about um, other issues to not make an assumption that because I'm gay I don't want to talk about having kids um, or that I don't want to talk about relationship issues. partner and I and our children were on a family vacation and my older daughter became sick. She got stomach pains and we had to go to the local emergency room and we get to the hospital and they asked who was my daughter's parents and I said well she has two moms and they were like well she can't have two moms only one of you can go in. My daughter was traumatized by that. We were traumatized by that. It's not about sensitivity. It's about respect. It's about humanitarian uh, response to a human being in general. My, my partner was hospitalized recently a uh, very severe aortic aneurysm. When he was being moved from intensive care to a hospital bed, the nurse in charge would not let me accompany him. I 
asked if I would have been allowed to accompany him if I were part of his family and she looked the other way. What needs to happen when a patient is admitted to a hospital is that the care providers uh, think about the fact that the patient might have different sexual orientation or different gender identity than the care provider. Throughout my pregnancy, um, I was very much genderqueer and I did tell them about my pronouns, which ones I preferred, that I preferred gender neutral or masculine pro pronouns. But the people who were um, dealing with me throughout my pregnancy, primarily my midwife and the nurses associated with them, were um, not responsive to my identity and didn't actually respect it. Certainly I felt that my healthcare has been impacted. I feel uh, less genuinely listened to and I feel like there's a huge discrepancy between the care I get versus other people who have gone to the same provider and report a very different experience. You need to empathize with the patient you're talking to. Give them an understanding that you care to understand who they are. That's all you need to do. You don't have to use the right words. Just be open to being educated on what right words to use and care. I just transitioned about four years ago to start living as a man. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, I found that my uh, breast surgeon was unable to call me, even to give me my biopsy results. He um, did tell me very frankly and overtly that he had problems with my transgender status. And upon meeting me and learning of my transgender status, he decided um, uh, that uh, his first impulse was to um, refer me to psychiatry. I used to work at a, a health center that did a lot of care for transgender patients. And there was a lot of discrimination towards those patients. Uh, there was a discomfort in talking to them. I myself had some discomfort because I didn't have much training in how to work with transgender patients. The other day a patient came into the office and his insurance cards identified him as Adam, although he signed the register as Emily after being called multiple times by his birth name he left the office. I do think the LGBT community has special needs. I think the LGBT community has a specific special need, which is to be treated the way non-LGBT people have been treated forever, which is to be asked about their sexuality, to be asked about their quality of life, what their home situation is, what their work situation is, what their friend situation is, without the person asking the questions being afraid of what the answers might be. Recognizing the differences of, of human beings and being able to address the issues um, and not using um, one ruler to measure someone else's existence or purpose in life. My greatest hope for LGBT patients in the healthcare system is that when they go for treatment, whoever they're going to see accepts them for who they are then having the people that we choose to be our families be accepted to have them 
be a part of the healing process. And the healthcare system can take care of us just like anybody else so that we can keep ourselves well and get the information that we need. To treat me, you have to know who I am. I identify as a lesbian. To treat me, you have to know who I am. I identify as a genderqueer biracial Latino parent. To treat me, you have to know who I am, and I identify as a lesbian. Our lives depend on your capacity to care. Tune back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, via the TuneIn app, accessmedia.nz app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. We love having you on board, Farno. That last beat there was Joda, We Find Ourselves. Interesting sharing of their stories, though, Farno. really touched the heart space. Well, you know, we're moving into weekend events and letting you know what's hot and happening for your coming weekend. So we're on Friday the 17th of the 2nd in February already. Asia Street Food by the Sea. That sounds cool. That's an Adelaide Farno, if you can get there. Rainbow Craft Pride Badges, all ages, at the Bukekohe Library, 12 Massey Avenue, Bukekohe East. Create your own badge to wear with pride, and that's for all ages. Te Wananga U Kaipo at 655 Puhunga Road in Waikiria. And that's Adokawa traditional birthing practice. Stunning. Love that stuff. Clevedon Twilight Market is happening at the Clevedon Village Farmers Market. That's at the AMP Showgrounds and Monument Road. And that looks like it's every Friday. Stunning. Tauranga has a night market as well for your Friday. That's 1383 Cameron Road. A family event with food, fun and shopping. Art and Activism with Ear and Rainbow Greens. So that is being held at 155 New North Road in Eden Terrace in Auckland. Get your tickets from action.greens.org.nz. Stunning, stunning and stunning. Board Game Club at Escapist uh, in Hamilton. That's 136 Bryce Street. 
There's mediums at the Spiritualist Church of New Zealand. Drag wars at Phoenix Cabaret, level 1258 K Road in Koto, Auckland. Hosted by Kiramine and Anita Wiglet. Grand Madam Production presents Queens of the Night at Biddy Mulligan's in our very own H-Town, 17B Hood Street. Get your tickets from TicketTaylor.com. It's the first night of Hamilton Drag for 2023, so go along and join them for a night of regal debauchery. (laughs) Okay, for your Saturday introduction to the outdoors course held in Mount Pirungia. Lovely. I think that's probably healthy to know right now. Way far known. Eclectic Market is being held at Waihi Memorial Hall. So that market is on the third Saturday of every month. Nice. The extravaganza fair for your Saturday at Claudelands Park. That is in Hefe Terrace in H-Town. Ngawaiata o te paipai at Piki Atu Marae. Um, and that is... Away the session, so it's a Wananga session, um, and they're taking registrations fun. So go to the Bookface page to find out more. Wellness Day at Kawai Pura Pura, there's 14 Mills Lane in Auckland. Get your tickets from events.humanetics.com. It's an official one day wellness upgrade. Still on your sad day, a welcome gardening or welcome at Three Mahi Road Te Kaufata. And it's probably good timing that we learn that too, eh, Fano? Considering the price of fruit and veggies going up, why not? Let's go and learn some of that. Wananga Rangaranga at Topiri Marai. Get your tickets from forms.gle. It's both professional and personal development. Wananga delivered to build awareness, courage, and authenticity in Fano who participate. Ooh, I love the sound of that. Uh, still on your Saturday, the Village Vinyl Fair and Dance 2023 at 19 Beach Road in Paikakariki, down Wallywood Way. So that's from 11 to 3 p.m. Fozine Fest is held by Newland Community Centre and Pride Fest out west, 45 Totara Ave in Newland. So that's from 11 to 3 p.m. Whānau. Cool. Zine makers and artists from around Aotearoa, ranging from poetry to politics to comics to essays. Yes, we love the arts. We do, we do. Okura Forest Festival is happening at 81 Okura River Road in Auckland. Get your tickets from events.humanitics.com. Man, I always get tongue-tied with that one. Um, yeah, it's the largest environmental awareness music festival. Stunning. Man, I'd love to get to one of those. Urban Wine Walk in Wellywood. So there's multiple venues. Get your tickets from eventbrite.co.nz. That's from 12 to 4 p.m. Summer pool party still on your Saturday at the Backyard Bar. 31 Northcote Road in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. Get your tickets from eventbrite.com. Intersex and Allies and Proud at Auckland Pride March. 44 to 46 Lawn Street in Auckland. And this is the event by uh, Intersex Aotearoa.
Stunning, stunning. Fat Daddy's Bottomless Burgers, Beer and Bubbles at the Elephant Wrestler. 138 Hurstmere Road in Takapuna. Get your tickets from joylab.co.nz. Anything better than two hours with Daddy? We don't think so. So go bottomless with your favourite faceless father figure every Saturday. Aww, that's cool. Pride March is happening for your Saturday whanau. If you can get there, get there. The fight is not over. Let's bring our communities together to elevate our stories and make our voices heard as we take Pride back to its activist roots with the Pride March. We're bringing everyone together to elevate important issues for our communities and our fight for progress. Yes. To create ripples of change across the Motu. Love it. Love it. Netsky, Netsky and friends are in Wellywood at the TSB Arena for your Saturday Rambo Parade kicks off. Saturday Letter Night at Miss Q's in Tauranga Moana. No, I forgive me, that is Auckland actually. Unit 2 Westgate Shopping Centre. I get that mixed up with the other one. Eventfinder.co.nz to get your ticks whanau. And for your Sunday, Ngāroa Wahia Creatives Monthly Market is being held at 18 Herschel Street in Ngāroa Wahia. And it's their first Creatives Market fund, so go along and support if you can. Gourmet in the Gardens, free entry, friendly live music and great food. Yes, hope the weather turns out nice for everyone for the whole weekend. Soaking sounds at the Mount Hot Pool, so that's local musicians poolside. And then you get to hang out and soak. Oh, I love the sound of that. And that's only for an hour and a half. Nice, eh? Oh, week at Ever Beaver and Wellywood. Oh, week everywhere for for most of our far no way. That's Monday, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still on your Monday, opening night film that... The African Queen has been held at Lido Cinema in Hamilton. Tuesday is the live porphyry for Te Matatini Heringa Waka Heringa Tangata. That is online. Matatini all the way whanau. Um, And if you want to go live, then you head to Eden Park. Wednesday is Drag Queen Bingo at the Elephant Wrestler. And that's in Takapuna, 138 Hurstmere Road. Still on your Wednesday, 100% Camp, a Fringe Cabaret. That's 28 Allen Street in the Arrow Wellywood. Get your tickets from fringe.co.nz. Flume is at Auckland Spark Arena and they're sold out. Oh, damn. Tucker Thursdays has been held at the Elephant Wrestler in Takapuna. 138 Hurstmere Road. And that is what's happening this weekend and next week in terms of events around Aotearoa Whānau. Hope you enjoyed this show, uh, the sharing of our stories, the origins of queer art uh, under the spotlight with Jari Jones and, of course, those beats peppered through there. I'm going to leave you with Sam Smith and Kim Petra's newest beat, Unholy. That's me, Lady H, signing off. Have a fabulous weekend, Farno. Be safe wherever you are. Look after each other while everyone's recovering from the floods here in Aotearoa and anything else that's going on around the world. 
love, light and laughter out to you all. Be safe on the streets and in the sheets. Not just from COVID, not just from our elements, but from SDIs and maintaining your sexual health. Condoms and lube are your safest form of protection. Mori ora tātou, Atira Wiki, we'll see you next week. Kona. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.